Welcome to Manager Tools. How to evaluate answers to the weakness question. Part three, here we go. This cast answers these questions. Why should I ask the weakness question in an interview? What are good answers to the weakness question in an interview? What are bad answers to the weakness question in an interview? If you want answers to these questions and more, keep listening. Our number three bad answer, dodges. Yeah, and, and look, our first bad answer essentially is a form of a dodge, the idea that a strength, you know, I have too much strength, I'm too strong, <laughs> you know, there's not enough weight in this gym for me, I'm sorry. You know, when you've interviewed as many people as I have, you see these answers and you, you just want to almost take off the mask and say, really, did you just do that? Did you? Really? This is like the, the typical political answer, right, where somebody somebody gets asked yeah. a question and the answer has nothing. It's, nothing, it's to do. nothing to do with the question. Nothing. Yeah. One of the classic dodges in politics is when, you know, they, what, what do you think about this? Well, I think the real issue here is, oh, okay. <laughs> Apparently my question is not an issue, not real. There are all kinds of dodges, and there are so many of them, you can't even hardly name them all. But basically, they're all attempts to not answer the question. One of my favorites is responding with a question. Hey, Bob, tell me about a weakness. Uh, well, Mark, why don't you start? Why don't you give me an example of a weakness? I mean, I, I got to tell you, to me, that's such an egregious breach of interview etiquette compounded with the stupidity to believe something from someone who doesn't know what they're talking about or out on the internet that I might very well rule somebody out for that. Yeah, I've had a lot of interviews. I've, nev I've never heard that. I've never heard that. Oh, no, no. I've, it's happened to me several times. And I always, well, I don't think I did this the first time, but pretty quickly I learned that my answer is, no, no, you first. And I actually had a candidate once say, no, no, you. Um, and so I- You leave. Yeah, no, no. I say nay, nay. Yeah. Yeah. I actually said, well, one of my weaknesses is, is I'm almost impossible to get a yes from in an interview. Um, I simply say no to virtually everybody. To me, that's, I'm just giving them a shot across the bow. Dude, we're not playing some game here. I'm dedicating my, you, you're being rude about my time here. You, we offered you to, for you to come in for an interview. You said yes. If you don't know it yet as a professional, that implies that you are going to be a professional the entire time you're here. You don't get to ask me to answer a question that I've just asked you. People don't do that in polite society. If you think you're supposed to be able to do that, let me just clue you in. You're wrong. It's not true. You don't do that to other people. Another thing is a long-winded, well, not typically, but can be a behavioral interviewing answer that essentially is four minutes worth of running out the clock with perhaps a weakness in there. Another one is direct avoidance. And another one is literally denying the validity of the question. Uh, Mark, I just don't see weaknesses. My understanding is you're looking for strengths. So as long as I have the right strengths, the weaknesses shouldn't matter. So let's just move on. Sometimes I just think I'm my own worst enemy. But anyway, um, so candidates who dodge questions generally create so many problems. As I said, it's really close to a disqualifying act in our opinion. And look, a weakness doesn't have to be a behavior, okay? But if you get a trait or a characteristic or something, someone says, well, I tend to be a procrastinator, you've got to probe for behavioral examples of it, okay? So I think our the point of our guidance here in Dodges is if you get an answer that is not an overused strength, 
there's not a weakness against a needed strength for the role that doesn't answer the question. It falls into the category of a dodge. And our guidance is generally it's a it can be a disqualifying act. Now you might say, well, I don't know what their weakness is. Yeah, but essentially they've given you a weakness, which is unwillingness to answer questions, to be candid, or they lack self-awareness or they lack self self-introspection and insight and so on. Anyway, if you do get something that is a weakness, but it's not a behavior, we do recommend you give the candidate the benefit of the doubt and probe to find behaviors. So if someone says, well, you know, I, I tend not to have good strategic sense. I tend to be a little too tactical at times. A trait or characteristic is sometimes a dodge if they don't give any examples of it. So probe, I would say in the case of the strategic sense, I would say, well, give me an example of a time when you're, you consider your strategic sense to be a weakness and it caused you to end up in trouble or so on. He said, well, I really, really can't think of one. Okay. Now that's a full dodge. Without behaviors, you know, a characteristic that doesn't show itself, that doesn't evince itself in behaviors is essentially not a weakness. And that may be the intent of an answer. That kind of, you know, trait or characteristic uh, answer may be a way to give something, but really that's not. And if a candidate says, no, I don't, you know, I can't think of one, then I would probably say, well, then I don't really think of that as a weakness. We all have internal doubts and fears and uncertainty, and that's it's great, no problem. But I'd like to know an example of something that you've done some research, some, some self-analysis, and there's a theme running through your performance that you would say you're not as good at something, and it shows itself in a certain thematic way. And I might even say, take a minute and think about it. And if I, I probably wouldn't get a good answer at that point because they're they probably interview with other managers who aren't good interviewers and accept that vague dodge and say, oh, that's fine. It's not related to a strength and they're not lying to me, so we're fine. But that's not the case at all. Yeah. Well, we go back to some of our original points around introspection and ability to be honest with yourself. And if somebody really can't come up with an example of an actual weakness that, I mean, that may be true. And if it is, then they're probably not a good fit. That doesn't. Yeah. That doesn't suggest they're going to learn from mistakes. There are some simple ways to think about these things. Interviewing is, is sort of an art form and, and obviously, in a way, very artificial. But do you know anybody who doesn't have weaknesses? Do you think yourself you don't have any weaknesses? If none of your friends don't have weaknesses and you don't have, and you also have weaknesses, right? Why would we let a candidate sit in front of us and act as if the artificial nature of the interview allows us to play kabuki theater and to pretend and to hold up masks in front of ourselves? Anyway, sorry, I could get going, and I'm not going to do that. I think it's a great way to think about this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, bad answer number four, cultural misfit. That sounds similar to a kind of failing to a needed strength above, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, needed strength is around um, skills and abilities, and cultural misfit is around uh, characteristics and traits to some degree. It's not about the job or the role. It's about the kind of organization you have or you want to have. And there are people who are perfect for the role who are maybe all about metrics, and you're not a metric company. Let me give you a couple examples. Suppose your team 
your particular team, and there are many teams like yours in your organization, has been torn apart in the last year by some infighting. You took over the team, you know, six months ago, in part because the old boss was reassigned or even better asked to leave. There was some unprofessional lack of support for each other on the team. One of the better people on the team has left. And a candidate says in the interview, in the weakness question, he's sometimes a lone wolf. He's not a great team player. Now, the first thing we would do is probe. What kind of behavior would that show itself? You know, how would that show itself? But regardless, in that case, you're probably not going to hire this person. And the weakness question is the one that shines the best light on the necessary reason for ruling them out. It's particularly important if you have a prepared set of interview questions, but you created them a year ago. Because if you use, even if you use the interview creation tool, you probably weren't sensitized to this issue of you needed to knit and mend the team together, and you don't need another high D who is going to you know go out and slay any beast that's out there. Unfortunately, sometimes with sharp elbows and sharp words uh, for the fellow fellow team members, when in fact you need a little bit of harmony, a little bit of going along. Now we don't recommend that you hire. Um, people on your team based on DISC, but sensitivity to the kinds of people you need in the culture you're trying to create is really important. I have people all the time tell me in the field, you know, Mark, I'd, I'd love to come to work for manager tools one day. You guys are performance and it's all about performance and so on. I think, yeah, you know, I get to tell you something else. It's more than that. We talk to each other a lot internally, texts and phone calls and emails and so on. I'm big on communicating. I think I said in Horseman's Laws, I say, over-communicate and you're halfway there. And um, if you can't fit in with the team, if you're not well-liked on the team, you're not going to get hired. I don't care if you're a superstar. And it's a simple one. The culture that Mike and I are creating includes being a part of a team. And that flows, in fact, from Mike and I having spent a good portion of our life working with people we didn't like. Not not a lot of people, but some. And it's something that's really important to us that if we're going to spend hours and hours and hours on the phone and we're going to talk to one another, um, and as the company gets bigger, we probably won't be able to have everybody on a phone call every Friday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific time, but I'm not going to hire. I'm not going to work with at this stage of my career somebody I don't like. Now, you might say, you know, Mark, maybe you should consider hiring somebody you don't like and get over that and have them perform at a high level and help the company grow. Yeah, that could be. Unfortunately, it's my company and Mike and I, you know, just the two of us and we get to define the culture. And the great thing now, of course, is we have enough of that culture internally that it's not just us that that is defending that culture. So we ask those kinds of questions to determine whether or not you can be kind, whether or not you know your colleagues, spouses' names, and so on. Um, and that's part of us not looking for a skill or a trait that's related to job performance, but rather to the kind of culture we're creating here. And I would say to you that if you're a manager and you've only been looking for skills and traits, I'm sorry, skills and abilities, and you haven't thought about who you want to be and what kind of team you want to have, 
both relative to yourself, but also relative to the kind of work you guys do and, and what will be happening in the next five years in technological trends and geopolitical trends and financial trends and economic trends that will affect you. Maybe you're a back office person and you should know that your budget is going to continue to be cut relative to other people's budget. It's not going to grow as fast as everybody else's. And you're going to have to learn how to do more with less. And so maybe you need to be looking for people who are more creative or whatever. So that needs to be done. And then in addition, you need to be doing a similar thing for the company. Where's the company going? How do we feel? If I'm going to hire somebody into a position that generally leads to more opportunity for growth and advancement, let's not hire somebody who doesn't uh, who isn't right for the kind of growth and opportunity in this firm. Otherwise, I'm creating a retention problem for me or for somebody else, and I'll have less champions in the organization if I only hire people that are good for the next year. Now, all what, what I just said makes your job harder as a manager. Yeah, sure, because you'll end up with better hires. And it's not like better hires are laying around not just low-hanging fruit, but they've already fallen off, you know, off the tree and onto the ground. You can just go around and pick them up. If you want better hires, you're going to have to work harder than other people. We achieve too lightly. We esteem too cheaply, I think. You know, everybody wants to get to heaven, but nobody wants to die. That's right. I'm going to give another one, okay? Suppose your org, your team, uh, or maybe even your division is moving to a project management structure, okay? You're moving into the the new modern world of matrix organizations, which is to say you should just go out and shoot yourself. <laughs> um, you're interviewing a candidate, and she says her weakness is persuading others. Working in unclear, you know, she had several situations where because role power wasn't clear, authority wasn't clear, she wasn't able to get anything done. I got to tell you, I don't think you can hire her. It doesn't make sense. Or it would be a significant negative. Maybe you would choose to do so and say, ah, but I'm a really good trainer. I wouldn't do it, but yeah, wouldn't recommend. Yeah. All that is, is you need to think about the culture you have and you want and the company has and wants and ask how there can be alignment. Now, I think a lot of managers, Mark, when I, Mike, when a lot of managers, when I talk to them, they generally leave all that in their gut. Okay. They say, you know, I didn't like the guy. I don't think he's a fit. I can't put my finger on it. There's a couple of problems with that. One, other people cannot hire based on your gut. When you put that idea together with the fact that we overestimate that other people are having the experience we're having, what ends up happening is you end up in a discussion about the future of your team or the company or whatever, and other people aren't using the same hiring standard. And so again, we go back to the three blind guys touching the elephant and it's, it's not a good way to make comparisons between candidates and the company. The other thing is that you're not telling people, this is what I'm looking for. If you think it's in your gut and your gut's telling you now, I, I'm not saying your gut is wrong. I'm just saying you're not communicating. This is what I see here and now and in the future. Why wouldn't I want that? Uh, Mike and I could probably have a half an hour conversation in my backyard and say, what do we need to be telling everybody on the staff regarding our next hire? You know, what's changed from 10 years ago, five years ago? Where do we need to be more? A classic example would be, Mike, we've been having a discussion about growing the IT portion, the technical portion of the, of the company. We have the discussion all the time about do we need somebody to build the website 
which is an economic engine for us and, and, and a, uh, a source of data, products and services for people, or do we need to go mobile? And, you know, five years ago, seven years ago, eight years ago, we didn't think it was mobile, but now we do, right? Now we're spending money on mobile. If we're going to just go through and use an old hiring model that we had three years ago, five years ago, we're probably not going to ask the right questions and we're probably going to be thinking the wrong way about, about culture. And so, again, this takes, I'm not saying it takes more than a half an hour to answer these questions about the job you're interviewing for, but what's a half an hour? Because that half an hour is spread over every candidate. So if you're interviewing five candidates, let's assume that we're going to end up hiring one of them. We don't want to assume that in advance, but let's assume it ends up happening. That means I spent six minutes in prep on these candidates making sure. And of course, even better, if you want better return on investment than that, I'm going to be looking at hundreds hundreds of resumes or maybe a hundred resumes. If I spend 30 minutes thinking through what kind of cultural fit I want and what the future holds, that 30 minutes spread over a hundred candidates, is it's a no-brainer to do that, to increase your chances of your gut not only being right, but other people on the team having an eye out for the kind of people we want to hire. And sometimes culture is beyond just, oh, well, I liked him. I've had a lot of situations where people say, you know, why'd you like him? What specifically did you do or say or whatever? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think it's useful to get some clarity on what you want in the future, right? Design the future. And sometimes, and asking these questions of yourself, what do you want in potential hires helps you understand like, geez, that this is what I want in future hires, this is a, what I want in the behaviors of my folks today. And what do I need to do to, to get there? Yeah, exactly. So let's take a step back from the bad answers and let's talk about it from the weakness question from the perspective of, man, of a manager or the person doing the interviewing. We talked a little bit about it earlier on the, on the last cast. Let's, let's talk about how should the interviewer ask the weakness question because how you ask it can have a, a large um, impact on what kind of answer you get. Yes. In fact, I almost left this out um, and then I didn't because I often have this internal debate in my head about whether or not I should be very explicit, um, you know, tell people what to do and what, what to say and how to say it, um, the, you know, the tone of voice to use and everything. And there are plenty of people who say, you know, it's too simplistic. And I think we've said enough in this cast that somebody could probably sit down, a manager could sit down there in 15 minutes and go, okay, let me come up with the weakness question I want to ask. And that's true, except that we could also just tell you the way we would ask it and then you could modify it. And I get, Mike, I tell you, I hear all the time, I managers love casts when we tell them this is what to do and here's what to say. Not, not that they say it our way, but that we give them a 90% of a template that they can use uh, in order to do it. So I decided to Don't add Don't make me guess. Well. You know, Mark, so just tell me. Just tell me. Yeah, you could reverse engineer this from all the casts we've just done, or you, we could just give it to you and we'll just give it to you because that's what Mike and I would have wanted 25, 30 years ago. Okay, so here's how it sounds. You've been sharing some of your strengths, Mike. Thanks for that. Now tell me about one of your weaknesses. To be clear, don't try to compare yourself to a general population or to our candidate pool. That's too much of a guess. I want you to think of your skills from best to worst and pick one that is below your average, whatever that average is, and we'll call that a weakness. Think of it as less than a strength. I love that. And I also noted, because um, this is 
unusual, I think. You didn't ask for their greatest weakness. That's often how I hear it. Oh, no. When we ask the greatest weakness question, we're never going to know whether what they share with us is, in fact, their greatest weakness. And even if they believe it is their greatest weakness, it may not be a weakness relative to this role or relative to this culture. It's a distinction we can't evaluate. And the problem is, if you ask for the greatest weakness, and and again, we won't know, so there's, there's no way we can be certain, candidates fear the question enough to engage in a lot of the behaviors, the dodging and the misuse and so on, that we just, you know, um, stupid. We make things harder in an inefficient way. And look, guys, there are people who will tell you, you know, the interview question is the reason, is the question I use to rule people out. It is not interview questions themselves whose purpose it is to say no in an interview. It's the totality of the entire interview. It's not hard to create interview questions that are impossible to do well on. It's not. We don't want to do that. I, there was a, there's a great story about the U.S. Open golf years ago. I can't remember when it was. Um, and um, the U.S. Open is famous for being the toughest tournament the players play in. The fairways are narrow, the rough is made higher, and so on. And um, they made it super hard, and uh, like they always do. And I think somebody did well and shot like six under or seven under. And the next year, the USGA just said, well, apparently we've not made it hard enough. And the winner was seven over par. And I think it's called the Massacre at Wingfoot. I think I called it Massacre at Medina recently, but I think it's Massacre at Wingfoot. Um, you can do that if you want. Now, what I will say to this, I don't, I don't need the U.S. Open to be that hard, but I did like what the USGA said when people said, well, you're just trying to embarrass the best players in the world. He said, no, we're not trying to embarrass them. We're trying to identify them. <laughs> uh, if you make it hard, you'll separate the wheat from the chaff. But if you make it too hard, then you're essentially making it impossible. So we don't want questions that are too hard. We want questions that are just hard enough. And greatest weakness is not worth it. And you're not, it's not appropriate to say, I've been sitting with you for 45 minutes. You should be willing to bare your soul to me. Now, look, we asked the weakness question. It's certainly true that a candidate can lie and give you a weakness question answer that's false, but do so in a way that's unknowable to us. So we believe the candidate is true. Now, people say, well, I, you, you know, they can lie. Yeah, that's true. But that's not a critique of the weakness question. That's a critique of all interview questions. And look, every interviewing approach has strengths and weaknesses. In our experience, behavioral interviewing causes the candidate to go over similar ground over and over again and gives you so much data rather than asking them what they think or how they feel or the future that a reasonably smart manager will be able to see when, in fact, there is not internal consistency enough in the answers. It's hard to keep up the ruse for the entire interview. It's just really hard, yeah. Yeah, and look, like it's like Churchill once said about democracy, behavioral interviewing is the second worst form of evaluating candidates, and all the others are tied for last. So no candidate is a good enough liar to fool everyone on every question, keep all their stories straight. And catching somebody who would lie on the weakness question or any other question is much more about multiple interviews, multiple opinions, and the totality of those impressions and feelings of your interviewers uh, than it is any one candidate's ability to lie on one question. 
Yeah, and I, and I think we did talk about it, but that, that's why the interview results capture meeting, where all the people who did interviewing of this candidate get together and talk about their experience and share very specific, would they hire, would they not hire? And if somebody is actually lying and engages in a lot of that behavior, it's hard enough to hold on to that for the for entire interview for with one person, but do it with four or five people, the lies just, they, it just comes apart. It becomes very clear. Exactly. One of our all-time favorite cast interview results capture meeting. If you haven't listened, folks, go listen. It's free. Real quick summary. Um, if you don't want to ask the weakness question, that's okay. I would disagree with you. I recommend it. You're missing out on a good interview question. But if you do ask, as with all other interview questions, know the reasons you're asking it. Prepare for it. And know why some answers are good and some are cautionary. Excellent. Thanks, dude. I, I enjoyed the series quite a bit. It's a, it's a very useful. All right, my friend. Thanks, partner. We'll see you later. Thanks, everyone. That's it. We'll see you next week. Have a great one. 